Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Give it to me! Hello everyone, I'm Molly Wood. And I'm John Merritt. Welcome to It's a Thing in a world where March just keeps repeating on some sort of infinite psychotic oh God. loop. By God, oh you God. will not find reruns here. Oh, no. There will be new things, sparkling new. We will have pulled them out of the ether just to let you know that time is, in fact, passing. Thanks for joining us and supporting our show. <laughs> a stopped calendar is right twice a year. <laughs> <laughs> If only the things let us know that time is passing, then we have done our job here. Uh, yeah, I hadn't properly really thought about the fact that the march that never ended is back to being yes. March again. Yeah, it's a ru- I've been calling it a Ruberos march. Mm, it's the march mm-hmm. that eats its own tail. Right, right. Never ended. We could call it March again. the Second if we wanted. <laughs> It's the second of March the second. We should have been saying a couple of days ago. March, yes, yeah. totally. It's the 4th of March the 2nd. Oh, yeah, I like this. I like this. Feels kind of well, messed up. I'm going to start us by wading us into the Generation Wars. Oh, God. Oh, you really are. Oh, no. Uh, there are so many aspects of this. We could have gone all kinds of ways. Uh, the the Millennials and Gen Z are uh, in a shooting war in mm-hmm. that they are shooting from the hip their <laughs> bestest taunts. Uh, and the next web uh, ran a, an article that I thought that fo- would focus my angle on this, which is the emojis. Mm-hmm. Uh, a- apparently, yeah. Gen-, Gen Z, as most younger generations do, thinks the older generation, in this case, the millennials, does it all wrong. Uh, so, for instance, the crying while laughing emoji particularly is just you just don't do that. You just don't <sighs> do I'm that. Mad millennials. About. Yeah, I loved it. Uh, fell into disrepute, and so now it's it's become a thing uh, to talk about how badly the millennials use emojis. They use them all wrong. They use them in the wrong ways. They use them too obviously. If you're going to use an emoji and you're Gen Z, you're going to use like a skull head for a grin. You know, something cool, mm-hmm. not just a grin. Or, I mean... Well, yeah, it's, you know, this is actually interesting because Gen Z is, of course, the generation that brought us dry texting. Remember when we talked about dry texting, where it was just like, oh, yeah, dry texting is when you're just not, you don't emote so much. You just don't use emojis. Just don't. And I'm not sure that they're even using them, which irritates me because although it doesn't irritate me in the sense that it goes with the theory that that the generation that immediately follows will reject you. But mm-hmm. then the one after that is just like you because I had to be dragged kicking and stream- screaming into the emoji age because I liked my colon plus right parentheses. Oh, yeah. Face Emoticon for forever. a long time. Forever. Like way into the emoji age. Finally, I was like, fine. I guess I'm old and I'll start using emojis. And now is, I feel like mm, it could be cool again. Is Brian Tong a millennial? Don't know. I don't know. No, I don't think so. No, no. Is I'm not trying to out him age wise, but 
I don't, I'm, mm-mm. yeah, I don't know. He's ageless. I mean, that's the, that's the problem. <laughs> there you go. You can't, yes. can't tell. The only reason I, I bring up Brian Tong, anybody don't know, a uh, former coworker of ours at CNET back in the day, uh, he was the one who introduced me to emojis. He's mm. the one that showed me how to force the iPhone to add them to your keyboard by switching to a Japanese keyboard. And then, you know, and then they were always there before they became standard for everybody. So I, Interesting. And I was like, I guess that's kind of fun and cool, but I felt like the old person being shown the new hip thing. I see. But this article is less about, so they're not, they haven't come all the way back around yet to where I want us to be, which is colon and right parentheses, smiley face. Love that. Um, What they are doing, it sounds like the Gen Z's is just like adding way too many, and this is very funny, ironic and sarcastic double meanings to the right. emoji, which, of course, the millennial are incapable of getting, being the most earnest and sincere of the generations. <laughs> well, also, One might even go so far as to say humorless. <laughs> there's, there's that plus the young people always talk to each other and feel like what they have decided everyone should know, right? Yeah, so everyone totally. outside of a generation never understands. We were the same way when we were young. We're like, yep. man, why, why don't the old people understand that their music sucks, right? They, it's that kind of thing combined with the earnestness and all of that just as a multiplier factor, right? It's uh, it's yeah, hilarious. it's a, exceptional. Uh, you we you were the one that sent around a TikTok today of of the the millennial shopper in a Urban Outfitters, which kind of combined this and side parting and skinny jeans and the whole ball of wax. Like it had it all, and she was just trying to. She's like, what's? And it had Stan, it had the tea, all the things that we've talked about. <laughs> the, just as just as a bonus thing, I'm going to throw into that apparently the 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 deal with the Gen Z is that they also just say out loud Lamau. All the time, L M A O, laughing my a off. <laughs> you're gonna, you're gonna start hearing this everywhere. They're literally like Lamau, Lamau. It's a word. It's a word now. If it's you uh, follow me on Twitter, you knew I was thinking about this earlier this week because I tweeted, uh, uh, Gen Z, stop using emojis. Uh, millennials, just three crying while laughing emojis. Boomers, <laughs> learn to write also intentionally not capitalized properly for the hypocritical <laughs> angle. And then uh-huh. space Gen X eats popcorn. <laughs> eats popcorn. Yep. Perfect. Eats popcorn. I'll take it all. I don't care. I'll take it. I'm going to talk about the tea. I'll do the stand thing. Pretty happy that the wide legged jeans are back. Like whatever. Don't care. Yeah. Mom jeans I'd be are back. thrilled though. Let's, let's start a movement for colon right parentheses we got this who is a person who transcends generations though exactly well kind of although a person who should transcend and does transcend generations because of his extreme ubiquity is now being discovered to incredible effect by gen z and that person of course that i'm talking about is randall park or as the kids call him and will forever call him jimmy woo so if you, so if you're not following what's happening here, A, WandaVision, which stars Randall Park as Agent Jimmy Woo. He was also an Ant-Man and he is delightful and hilarious and he steals every scene he's in and he's super funny and great. He was the father in Fresh Off the Boat. That's how I usually think of him. And oh, he's really? hilarious in that too. He's amazing. Yep. He is amazing. And so so for some reason they the the kids became obsessed with him from Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ant-Man and WandaVision and then 
started searching and realized that, in fact, Randall Park is in everything. (laughs) He is in everything. He has been around forever. He's been around 18 years. He has amassed over 150 film and TV credits. He's in tons of commercials. And so it's become this like TikTok meme to be totally obsessed with him and to find short clips of whatever, a commercial or a TV show or a movie. And then it will then feature as soon as he shows up, someone, the poor guy, he no longer has a name anymore. Because then as soon as he shows up, someone shouts, Jimmy Woo! (laughs) Or they like play music. It's hilarious. And so well-deserved because he could not be more awesome and funny and charming and delightful. He was in Always Be My Maybe, Uh which I think is probably one of the reasons the Gen Z started down. They laid saw Always Be My Maybe, then saw him in WandaVision. We're like, wait, what else has this guy been in? This guy's really, well, he wasn't, and he was in Ant-Man. He was in the Marvel Universe for a minute there. He's in Aquaman? Oh, right. He was that guy in Ant-Man? Oh, wait. He was in Fresh Off the Boat? Oh, he was also Mm -hmm. in Veep? Oh, he was also in, and I've just, I gotta stop. He was in iCarly, which they all watched. iCarly is like their total age range. New Girl, yeah, yeah, Community, the Mindy Project. And then apparently, I didn't know this, but... (laughs) His it is considered one of his most memorable roles that in 2012 he plays Jim, like he sits at the at Jim's desk while he's at the dentist in the office and tries to convince Dwight that he's Jim, and it's like two minutes long and everybody is <laughs> considers it a super memorable role. I mean, the, it's to the point now where they're talking about a spinoff show about Jimmy Woo. Oh, I would love that because Randall Park deserves all of this. He's he hilarious. Does. He's so funny. He's so talented. Yep. And I, it's like the rare, it's just a thing that is delightful. I love this. This is one of the best things you've picked in a long you time. You can watch these TikTok videos for so long and it will just make you happier and happier and happier. Like as soon as he shows up, it freezes and they do that like staticky music. Like, Bong! or they he shout Jimmy Woo. ER. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, seriously, one episode just as like he's like the hardest working man in Hollywood, and he's finally getting his day. Yeah, man. Oh, this is so cool and wonderful. I discovered him in Fresh Off the Boat, and have have thought he was great in that. And so, my wife and I, we will see him and go, Randall Park. Oh, look, Aquaman. Randall Park. Oh my gosh, it's Randall Park. Randall Park's in everything. We we had been doing that before, and so it's kind of fun to see. The rest of the world. I know it's like the rest of the world's catching catching up. Yeah, but they and then call Jimmy Woo. That's all right. That's cool. And they just yell Jimmy Woo. It's fine. They captured it. Jimmy Woo. Don't mind that at all. The uh, the accompanying sound has been used in over eight thousand videos. There's a it's like this music, and then they go like psych or whatever. It's like very specific sound. It (laughs) the hashtag Jimmy Woo has amassed over ninety million views as of, and this is how like new we are to this trend. February 19th wow. seems to have been when it started and it has 90 million views already. I mean, it's like, it's, it's, it's massive. It's like a massive thing. Oh, I'm sorry. That was only seven days after this started. The story that I'm reading from was published February 26th. So it's probably like way more views now. I kind of want to look. Also, I uh, just want to point out mild, mild uh, connection to things that I have been adding. He is a uh, Korean descent. Hey, yep, totally. The whole Korean connection there. He's born in LA. He's he's American, but yep. you know, but still. comes from a Korean family. So. Basically family. You're basically mm. family mm. Mm. with Randall Park, or as we like to call him, 
Jimmy Woo. Jimmy Woo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next thing is is something I've noticed with friends. So I'm kind of floating the 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 bread of things on the water to to see uh, if if there's anybody else out there noticing this long distance relationships, which is not what I would have guessed during a pandemic. But I guess it makes sense when your only connections are over Zoom that you would connect with people who aren't necessarily nearby. So I have two friends who are dating people. One is dating someone who's half a continent away. They're both in the United States, uh, but one of them's in, I think, Oklahoma and the other's in New York. Uh, another friend is in California and dating someone in Denmark. Hmm. And I think I heard some other kind of anecdotal, like, you know, pe- people who'd gotten together and are in different parts of the world. So I think long distance relationships are developing right now. And it will mm-hmm. be interesting to see if they continue once you can <laughs> widen your options and, and go out locally as well. So this is so funny because I just had a conversation with the child today, who mm-hmm. is, of course, the arbiter of all the things at this point. Sure. And he told me that e-dating is a huge thing and that that's what they call it e-date e-dating all a right. relationship and mm-hmm. i'm looking at as you were talking i looked it up on urban dictionary a relationship that develops online with no face-to-face element and or no plans for ever meeting up in the real world or consummating the relationship physically with intercourse or using online sites and services to find someone to e-date whom you have no intention of ever meeting in real life wow okay that's going farther than my friends my friends are actually traveling occasionally okay got it uh-huh great uh, yep yeah which is which is what makes it surprising to me because it's not just e-dating they're like yeah i will go to denmark and quarantine for 14 days to see you oh like, dang yeah okay that's legit that's legit but uh but, but the e-dating so thing is i think a, a corollary to this which is like if if you're like yeah i'm not doing that but we can have an yeah. e-date Interesting. But it does make sense that that would that both of those things would start to happen because, of course, the Internet opens up a whole world of humans for you to meet. Hmm. Which it already did. But now it's kind of like that's all you you got. I mean, I guess so. Right. If that's all you got, it makes perfect sense that there would either be e-dating or. uh, Sorry, the dogs are going crazy and it distracted me or long distance relationships where you intend to meet. I suppose really the difference probably just depends on your age. I guess if you're like Gen Z, you're like, yeah, or or even young millennial, you're like, yeah, we'll e-date. I don't care if we ever meet. Yeah, I'm not. But at least I feel like I have someone to, fly, to talk to. But, and then yeah, yeah. if you're huh. our age, you're like, you have these old fashioned notions about physical interaction. <laughs> Weird. Yeah, there's there's that whole meta thing of just the, the reduction in sexual activity and the change in attitudes about what a relationship needs to have to be successful like that's undergoing a revolution that's way way too big for this episode to contain but that's a whole thing too totally and that thing appears to be summed up at least in one way as e-dating yeah so weird weird the kids these days um (laughs) the the adults these days with nothing but time on their hands are teaching their dogs to talk with those little buttons, the dog oh communication my gosh, buttons. I love those. <laughs> and it is everywhere. Basically, both of my things now are just like things I like to watch on TikTok. And <laughs> which itself the, is a meta thing for sure. Yeah. Well, yes, definitely. But there are like bajillions of videos, and this actually seems to have kind of launched a little bit around the summer. 
there was a story, you know, probably like early days of the pandemic too, but there was a story in July on the Today Show about this woman who had taught her dog, Bunny, to use what are called augmentative and alternative communication devices. They're buttons that mm-hmm. that generate a spoken word. And they're they're actually, they were developed for people uh, with who, you know, have trouble speaking. And I think either this lady figured out how to just put it together and use it for the dog. And then it turned into a product because now you can get these, you know, they call them dog communication buttons or recordable buttons for talking dogs. And so people all over have been teaching their dogs to like, you know, use their cute little paws to press a button that says like treat or daddy hug or outside or whatever. And it is is the world's greatest content. And the dogs (laughs) appear to actually get it and be like, dude, this totally works. I'm like snuggle. And they, they, because they're programmable, you record whatever, you know, and then you sort of teach them like one of the buttons might say love you and you press it and then you you say it again love you and then you like snuggle 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 or whatever i don't know yeah well you, but it's you, awesome the way you, if you've ever trained a dog to do anything that's how you do this you know it's, it's right over and over associate it with the behavior and then reward when they do it on their own and then you know bob's your trained dog you've, I mean, you've got to talk a dog they're so great and you could get like you get a whole soundboard and you can get a four pack for forty dollars. I mean, people are making money on this too. Orange ones, green ones, magenta. How depending on how smart your dog is, I guess. You know, I you heard can about decide this how many the, you really need. I heard about this for the first time on We Have Concerns, the uh, podcast from Jeff Canada and uh Anthony Carboni. Yeah. And what they had said was that the woman who figured this out, however she figured it out, uh t- was talking about it and some researchers contacted her and like, we would like to gather data <laughs> to figure really? out if dogs actually know language. Like, can we determine that dogs have a vocabulary? And if so, how much? Uh, and so there's a study going on with this as well to look at like, okay, what what is the actual linguistic capability of dogs? Is this just all simple association of like, right. oh, I pressed that thing or could they start stringing sentences, you know, together by by saying, "Oh, that means uh, walk, and that means treat." Uh, let's let's have a treat and go walk or something, right. you know. Totally. Oh my goodness! Yeah, this is fascinating. It's. I mean, it does. There's apparently a lady. the The woman from the Today Show apparently was inspired after this uh, woman, Christina Hunger. I think is a pediatric speech language pathologist and she used these buttons to train her dog. And then now she's writing a book about it mm-hmm. and like they have done all this. It's like you said, they use these hexagonal pads and then they figure out the kind of like right placement of the buttons to encourage the dog's behavior. Oh my God. If they find out that the dog's connector actually understand based on this, like, amazing. I know. Right. Like I'm not expecting that they'll find out that dogs could talk if they had, the vocal cords. Right. But the, it's possible that they, they have like a basic linguistic model in their brain of some yeah. sort. Oh my good. Also at Porter, just put a link in the discord. That is probably my new favorite um, headline that I've ever seen, which says cuttlefish can pass the marshmallow test. Yeah. They talked about that on this week in science this week too. What? Yeah. So basically all the critters are so freaking smart. Mm hmm. And we have just been kidding ourselves this whole time. 
that's what that's what Blair at this week in science has been saying for years. She's like, animals are smarter than y'all think. We're just I gonna mean, keep finding out more and more of this stuff. Definitely true. Definitely true. But I honestly, I didn't expect it from dogs, and I say that as a dog lover. <laughs> My dog just <laughs> sighed at me right then. Right, it was like ah, we're we're so much smarter. Gosh, what's like, your deal, Tom? Yeah, I'm telling I you. I have this. one dog who I think would be smart enough to use the buttons. The other one, I'm not so sure. Well, that's and sure. that's you know that's true of any species. <laughs> but I kind of want to try it. Some are going to be better at certain things than others. Shopping. Well, let's get some things in your ears from you, the folks yes. out there. Let's do it. Uh, Joe Hood on van life to America's top thing tank. <gasps> I like that so much. The thing tank. We're a thing are tank. Are you kidding me? I'm going to start incorporating that into the intro. That's incredible. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Joe says, so I had a thought this week that van life was a thing. The new show Men in Kilts is two actors traveling Scotland in a camper van. YouTube is full of van conversion videos and Nomadland won the Golden Globe this weekend. But then I thought I heard about that before and I did July 2019. Molly had the Sprinter van as a thing and talked about her personal van life bubble. I think we can confirm van life is a thing bigger than just Molly's ideal world. Totally. Unrelated, when did hexagons as an interior design feature become such a thing? I'm seeing a ton of hexagon shelves in Zoom backgrounds, hexagon LED panels, and hexagon sound dampening tiles, along with the classic hexagon bath tile. I'm not sure when it started, but this is a thing that is spreading around the design world. Interesting. Now that you say so, totally. Have totally seen the hexagons. Also in WandaVision. You're super right. And yeah, I think honestly, the pandemic kicked the van life thing into overdrive, no pun intended. Uh, One of my my other friends, Andrew Heaton of the Mm -hmm. Political Orphanage and Alienating the Audience podcasts, (laughs) driving driving around with a a, a little little camper, yeah, and living in it (laughs) right now because I mean, my ex husband and his wife just bought a new tow vehicle and are testing out uh, trailers starting this weekend. And they're going to buy one. And I'm like, you're Not exactly welcome for the idea. Life, but van life adjacent. Yeah. But van life adjacent. Yep. yep. Totally. Shannon Kay, uh, one of our original thing spotters, writes in on her fellow millennials. She says, I am an older millennial, 1983. Mm. I, side note to say how hurtful that is. <laughs> like the, that used to be, isn't Veronica, wasn't Veronica born in 1983? I just feel like I remember her saying that to me and me being like, I can't even live in a world where people are born past 1980. Um, I'm not that old. I was born in 1975, but still it's like the seventies. Like, Oh my God, for God's sake. Anyway. Okay. I'm an older millennial. She writes 1983 side parts and skinny jeans. Last week I heard this discussed on a millennial podcast about things that Gen Z say that make us look old. She says, I think the side part was super in for the last 10 years or so. And so we're skinny jeans and those things are now ending. It's It's the natural cycle of things. I see teens walking around wearing things that look like what was popular when I was in middle school. And it hurts me on a personal (laughs) level. On the plus side, she says, I haven't been able to side part my hair since I had my last two babies. Now I have weird short bits of hair for some reason, so it has to be parted in the middle. I'm sorry about the cruel millennials who can't take the pressure. A conversation I have a lot with my husband is, how can we keep ourselves from becoming the boomers? 
Careful self-reflection will mm. be necessary. Also, she writes, it seems there was a very short period between the older generations thinking we were still teenagers and blaming us for the things that college kids were doing when we were mostly in our 30s and the coming of Gen Z as the trendsetters. But those of us that track things are keenly aware of the rate at which trends are set by the young. And then she says her next thing is mid-2000s nostalgia, which I'm going to interject again and say, oh, my God. Wow. Are we old enough that there is mid-2000s I mean, it's, it's nostalgia? usually like a 25-year period. So, yeah, we're getting right um, into mid-2000s nostalgia. It's coming up. Sweet baby Jay. Anyway, apparently, uh, you know what, actually, and it's mid-2000s nostalgia, nostalgia, but she says, for example, she had this following conversation with a 24-year-old dance teacher after taking a picture of two dancers in their costumes. Dance teacher, the Joe Bros era is totally coming back. Me, what is a Joe Bro? Dance teacher, Jonas Brothers. Okay, but I have to say, I'm interjecting again because it's a long email. But dude, the Jonas Brothers themselves appear to be resurging as a thing. But right. Maybe it's this. So, but that's period? usually that that that's that's how it happens, right? Is that band from back then does a reunion and everybody's interested in it. And that show gets popular again. And that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And then also she says, lastly, <laughs> cinnamon rolling. Has this been discussed? I feel like I'd heard it before, but if not on, it's a thing. Where would I heard it? I wasn't sure. She says the opposite of trolling, according to her nine-year-old daughter, oh. is cinnamon rolling. I love this. This is where you, for example, go into a game in Roblox and give everyone money or items, but for no reason but to be nice. Please let oh. this be a thing. That's great. Nine-year-old, that's that's almost Gen whatever's after Gen Z. <laughs> I think that's, that's still Gen Z. My son claims that the Gen youngest Z, of them is six. It's good. Yeah, it's getting close in there. Wow, that's great. Cinnamon rolling. Let it be. Aw. I love it. I'm I'm going to start cinnamon rolling people more often. That's amazing. Yeah, that is delightful. It's a, a feedback at it's a thing dot me is where you can cinnamon roll us if you want to or just, you know, send us your observations about the world at large and whether you think there are things in most cases they are because you, my friends, are really good at this game. Well, folks, it's uh, that time of the year when uh, baseball players go to Arizona and Florida uh, to start getting in shape for the regular season. Spring training. Baseball is back. And our shout outs reflect that. Producer Rich has created shout outs this week based on the description of the infield fly rule from (laughs) LittleLeague.org. I'm already so thrilled about this. So thrilled. The short version, if you if you're not a baseball fan, the infield fly rule is that one that you can never tr- understand <laughs> because no they're like, but he doesn't have to catch it, but they're still out, but it's not always, but that yeah, no, just that it's mm-hmm. that one. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that one. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Yep. We will start with rule 2.00 defines Kevin Sill as a fair fly ball, not including a line drive or Eric Duncan, which can be caught by Gabriel Cohen with ordinary effort when first and second or first, second and third bases are occupied before Lee Price is out. Okay, keep up, friends. The pitcher, Jake Woods, and any Scott Ryan Hart stationed in the infield on the play shall be considered Joe Hood for the purpose of this rule. It goes on to state that Brad Sparks is alive and Mike Akins may advance at the risk of being caught or retouch and advance after Louis St. Amour is touched the same as on any fly ball. 
And we should note, if the hit becomes a foul ball, it is treated the same as any James C. Smith. There you go. All so there, cleared now up. you understand the infield fly rule. <laughs> Perhaps it would be easier to understand how to support our show at the shout out level. It's very simple. Just go to patreon.com slash it's a thing where you can support the show at any level. But clearly you can see why it's worth it. To get the double whammy of at long last understanding the infield fly roll, rule, which I think we can agree we all now do. Yeah. If nothing and else, you can you can connect to our Discord uh, and chat with folks about other things. There's a whole channel in there of just people trading their own things. Email and us your things too. Feedback at it's a thing dot me. Really good drink ideas. I'm just throwing that in there. Just yes. shout out to App Porter and the drink recipes. That alone is worth the price of admission to the Discord. Indeed it is. See you next we'll see week, you next friends. Time. Bye. Can't hold it back. Gonna break down now. Can't hold it back. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.